Turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. The 65th chapter. Look tonight at autumn leaves, the true colors. Isaiah 65, verse 19, And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall no be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled up his days. For the child shall die at a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall plant, no, they shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Let us pray. We thank Thee, our Heavenly Father, for the privilege of coming before Thy throne of grace. We thank Thee for our great Savior, Thy Lamb, for sending Him to bear away our sins. We ask that You to open our eyes and our ears to Thy words, truths, and help us to worship Thee in spirit and in truth and honor Thee. We pray you'd be pleased to keep your protective hands upon our pastor and brother Isaac as they're away. Others that are not in our midst, family members and members of the congregation, keep your protective hands upon them. Grant repentance to those that are lost. We pray for our country that you'd have mercy upon it and grant us leaders that would fear and honor thee. Guide us in our endeavors to serve thee. Forgive us of our failures and our sins. Grant us a burden for the lost. Grant us a seeing eye, the hearing ear. Grant me the words of speaking, the ability to speak, that thy name be honored and glorified. The name of thy Son lifted up, for it's in Christ's name, through the power of the Holy Spirit we ask. And amen. We also read in Isaiah 64, I think it's bottom of verse 6, We all do fade as a leaf. As said, this is about the true colors. This is the time of year when trees, of course, have fallen off or falling are falling off. They show their true colors. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. It takes planting and it takes watering. But only God can make it to grow. In the book of Ezekiel, the 31st chapter, we read about a, a tree. that typified Assyria. Ezekiel 31, we take up in verse 3. Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud and of a high stature, and his top was among the thick bows. The waters made him great. The deep set him up on high, with her rivers running round about her, his plants, and sent out her little rivers 
and to all the trees of the field. Therefore his height was exalted above all the trees of the field, and his bows were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitudes of water. When he shot forth, all the fowls of heaven made their nests in his bows, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. Thus was he fair in his greatness, in the length of his branches, for his root was by great waters. The cedars in the garden of God could not hide him. The fir trees were not like his bows. The chestnut trees were not like his branches. Nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty. I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. Therefore thou saith the Lord God, because thou hast lifted up thyself in height and hast shot up his top among the thick bows, and his heart was lifted up in his height, I have therefore delivered him to the hand of the mighty one of the heathen. He shall surely deal with him. I have driven him out for his wickedness. Not a position that you'd want to be in. He's talking about the nation of Assyria which was destroyed. Then we consider man. Man fell in the garden. Tree was involved. A tree that he was to leave alone. And of course, we read there in Genesis 3, he drove out man and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turneth every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Man was banned from it, barred. Death has reigned since then. A tree is a fitting type of man, as we read there in Isaiah 65, as the days of a tree are the days of my people. A tree can bring forth fruit. We read in Matthew 7, 16, you shall know them by their fruits. But a fruit tree doesn't necessarily have beautiful leaves. When we think about all the people in the world that have actually done some good, it's been out of Christian virtue, and they haven't been beautiful. And our own Savior, we saw no beauty or their comeliness in him. Those doing the work don't always show themselves to be a beautiful tree. This tree typified Assyria was glamorous. We read in the Gospel of John <clears throat> The 15th chapter, which Christ made it clear that without him we can do nothing. John 15, verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You might do some good, the, the world won't give you any credit for it, but you know them by their fruits. We think about our country. The Ten Commandments used the basis of our laws. Our great institution of education, the Yales, the Harvards, the Princetons, the Amherst, organized to help people study Scripture and learn how to read the Bible. There's organizations, the Salvation Army, the Red Cross, 
on and on we could go. Things that's done good. And you've heard me use this illustration. What is the Muslims left but death? But what has America become? Well, we all know it's not what it used to be. Likewise, this huge cedar tree falling to the ground busted up is good for nothing but firewood. Now, as I mentioned, trees show their true colors this time of the year. We read that it, the trees, the leaves are making food for the trees. I think it's called photosynthesis, something like that. And in like manner, Christ, as we looked at a couple of weeks back, saw a fig tree went to find fruit upon it and found none. The, the typology here is Israel had made food, fruit for themselves. You see, the leaves are not fruit. Leaves are made to feed the tree. Fruit is made to feed the man. Israel had no fruit. Verse 6 of Luke chapter 13, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit. And that's close to the time of Christ's earthly ministry. It was actually three, three and a half years. I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down while cumbereth it to ground. And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after thou shalt cut it down. And it was in that fourth year, of course, Christ in type died at Calvary. As said, Israel made fruit for themselves. And I can tell you a fig tree... The, the leaves are not beautiful. When Solomon constructed the temple, he used cedar out of Lebanon. First Kings tells us about it. That's gonna, I mean, cedar wood is pretty wood, but it was to be overlaid with gold. It wasn't good enough. When God sent forth his son, he, he sent forth sinless lamb that only would be good enough not good enough for the temple in itself must be overlaid with gold that gold typifying God's deity the cedar as I said is not the greatest shade but it brings forth no fruit and it's good for one thing lumber or fire kind of like the potter Romans 9 speaks about it makes one vessel of honor, one to dishonor. You can make furniture out of cedar, it's pretty. You can burn it. In Ezekiel 31, verse 14, what was the purpose of this tree, allowing it to become so big and beautiful and destroying it. To the end that none of all the trees by the waters exalt themselves for their height, neither shoot up their top among the thick boughs, neither their trees stand up in their height. 
that all, or excuse me, all that drink water, for they are all delivered unto death, to the nether parts of the earth, in the midst of the children of men, with them that go down to the pit. You've heard of Samson. Samson slew more in his death than he did in his life. Pride is destroyed. Well, anyway, getting back to our talk on true colors, it's the time of the year that, as I said, the, as we well know, the trees give forth their leaves. You have to pile them up, do something with them. But they show the true colors. We're told in the book of Job, the 12th chapter, the 8th verse, or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee. And the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. Who knoweth not in all these that the hand of the Lord hath wrought this? As complex as the trees, and they're complex. Nobody would deny that. Who could create something that's good for food, good for shade, gives us oxygen? Shows its beauty. It's hidden most of the summer. Who knoweth not in all these things the hand of the Lord hath wrought this, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? His ways are indeed past finding out. The true colors were there all along, but it's hidden by chlorophyll. And of course, that's where we get the old saying, true colors. And the end, of course, that's typifying man's life, what he was all along. God knew all about it. With this thought in mind, consider some characters in Scripture. Judas seemed to be good to the multitudes. We know what Judas was, the name Judas signifies. We think about Solomon. The world would have said Solomon was a righteous, godly man. When we know what happened at the end of his life, he was worshiping idols. Nebuchadnezzar, that bloodthirsty tyrant. His life showed a great change. He might have been a saved man. I can't say that. During his life, he was cruel. Saul of Tarsus, Hebrew, the Hebrews Hebrew, having many of the saints did I shut up in prison. This is in, a, in his own words. When they were put to death, I gave my voice against him. But his, his latter years told a completely different story. He compassed the, the globe preaching the gospel that some would be saved. Zacchaeus was a rich publican. No doubt hated by many. We read about him in the Gospel of Luke. The Lord said, Zacchaeus, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. I think I paraphrased that. At the end of his life, he was a total different man. God made the difference in all these people. He makes a difference in the trees and the leaves. He knows their final beauty or vileness. 
Our frame's filthy rags. He knows all about that. He formed us, and if he, if he works in our lives, it will be evident. Leaves tell the story of life. The growing season can be rough sometimes. We might be left ragged, worm-eaten, ripped up by storms. Some endure no storms at all. Life of ease, so it speaks. But in final analysis, they tell the story. One is picturesque. School kids go gather leaves, and some of them, you got to find the perfect one to put in your leaf book. I don't remember much about that when I was in school. I don't remember if I even made the book or not. It seemed like I had to do it in college. Some have no pretty leaves. As I mentioned, the fruit, the fig tree doesn't look glamorous. The cypress and the sycamore simply turn brown and fall off. Green during the summer, perhaps the only time of beauty. Kind of like the soils Christ talked about in Matthew's Gospel, the 13th chapter. Other leaves, like the maple and the oak tree, whose leaves remain on the trees, endure the winter. Pushed off in the spring by the new ones. Persistence. You look at all these leaves, people are similar. Some are persistent. Some do a lot of good. Nothing beauty, any beauty to look upon. Some are like this Assyrian, the tall cedar tree, do little good. When I grew up in eastern Kentucky, trees very pretty up there. Did I ooh and ah? Google at the trees. No, I wasn't even interested. It's too much of a sinner. But as we get older, we start to see the beauty of God's creation. And leaves tell a story. Leaves, as I said, are not fruit. Christ cursed the fig tree not because of its leaves. It had them, but because of its fruit. In Matthew 28... 18. I believe that's the Great Commission. Long story short. All power in heaven and earth is given to him. Some say that Israel produced fruit and still would produce fruit, but as I said, fruit was for themselves. While leaves declare what a tree was or is, perhaps how it fared during the season of growth, it's the fruit that it's by its fruit that it will be remembered. And of course, Christ cursing the fig tree is heard wherever the gospel had been preached. Revelation chapter 22, we see how things end up. Man was created and put in a garden. 
And when all is said and done, man will be put back in the garden. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. He goes on and talks about the holy Jerusalem coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Talks about the wiping away of the tears. And he talks about the fruit and the water of life in chapter 22 and verse 1. That's what I gave you the wrong scripture reference there a minute ago. He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb in the midst of the street of it. And on either side of the river was there a tree, the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now, I see one thing that's kind of like God. Initially, there was one tree of life. Now there are twelve. We gain more in Christ than we lose in Adam. These twelve are, are... Put there, no doubt, by Christ. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, actually I think it's also mentioned in Luke's, Luke chapter 19, but in Mark chapter 11, verse 13, And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came... If haply he might find anything thereon, then he came to it and found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto him, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter and forever. And his disciples heard it. But now the time was not yet. What did Christ say? I think this is in Luke chapter 19. He was an austere man. Verse 21 of Luke 19. For I fear thee because thou art an austere man. Which means harsh, rough, rigid. The world paints you a picture of a fluff, all fluff, Believe easy believism. God loves everybody. We know what you're talking about. But in fact, Christ is holy, and as we read here, He's austere. When the Almighty sent the children of Israel into the land of Canaan and ordered them to wipe out man, woman, and child, that's pretty strict. Pretty, pretty strict. That's pretty rough. When those are cast into the lake of fire, depart from me, you workers of inequity. That's pretty. That's pretty rough. God's demands are tough, requiring per- perfection. His son was the only one that sufficed. As in the Old Testament in Israel, eye for eye, 
tooth for tooth, burning for burning. And as you've heard me mention in the book of Revelation, there's no mercy mentioned. When Christ pleads our case before the Almighty, he pleads law. That law is good. We plead grace and mercy. But he paid to the fullest extent. In the book of Second Peter, chapter 3, I mean, talking about the things of God, true colors, as the saying goes, strictly speaking, God doesn't forgive sin. Either the sinner's substitute pays it or the sinner pays it. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11. Seeing then that all these things be dissolved, this is talking about the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, verse 10, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, with the, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. All those works, that's, that's going to be torched with fervent heat. And that's exactly how it's going to happen. Seeing then that all these things be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting to the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. The book of James, chapter 4. Verse 14:15 Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time then vanisheth away for that ye ought to say if the lord will we shall live and do this or do that We think of Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together Come leaves off a tree. How long would that have? How long would that, those fig leaves have been good before they had to change them? Not very long. There had to be a better covering. That's the typology. That covering had to be the blood of Christ, the blood of the innocent animal. God did not approve of those fig leaves and rightfully cursed the fig tree. The works of man, that's, that's, that's it's plain if you look at it from that standpoint. We're told, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsake them shall have mercy, Proverbs 28 and 13. David stated, O Lord, pardon mine inequity, for it is great. There in... Malachi chapter 3, last, next to the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. 
and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Indeed, the Lord is an austere man. We live in a world that claims to be Christian, but don't like to have to show it. In this book of Second Kings, here's a good type of the what the Christian world that it's become really is. That's in Second Kings. Second Kings chapter seventeen. Verse 41. Well, verse 35, actually. With whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, Ye shall not fear other gods, nor bow yourselves to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and a stretched out arm, him shall ye fear, and him shall ye worship, and to him shall ye do sacrifice. And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment which he wrote for you, you shall observe to do forevermore, and ye shall not fear other gods. And the covenant that I have made with you, ye shall not forget, neither shall ye fear other gods. But the Lord your God, ye, he, ye shall fear, and he shall deliver you out of the hand of your enemies. Howbeit they did not hearken, but they did after their former manner. So these nations feared the Lord and served their graven images, both their children and their children's children and their fathers as they do unto this day. Unless the Lord works in a person, he will go back to worshiping idols, thinking he has to be standing in front of something that he can see in order to worship. If you do not believe this, try to pry one away from their pagan practices. We know that to be so. This is a time of the year, interestingly enough, when things show their true color. It's a festive time of the year. After all, we read in the last words of the Word of God, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is, that is holy, let him be holy still. But there's holidays that we believe are good, the one coming up is, that being Thanksgiving. How do we really dis discern one's true colors? Know them by the fruit. Isaiah 8 and 20, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them. The world will cry, John 3, 16. But you don't hear, repent ye and believe the gospel. In the realm of Christianity, there are those that are insignificant and unheralded. They walk humbly with the Lord. The world makes no mention of them. We know that to be so. The world loves its own. There's the health and wealth gospel. Easy believism. But in the final analysis... When the chlorophyll fades due to the 
numbers of green plant life, you, you can't see the righteous. You can't discern until all is said and done. At the end of the season, the true colors show, show themselves. The fruit trees show themselves. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and placed, planted it with a choicest vine and built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. I think we looked at this passage just this past Lord's Day, or in the last couple of weeks anyway. So he grafted in, we know from the book of Romans, chapters 10 and 11, the wild olive branches. And we know that if he was able to graft wild and he can graft the original back in no problem at all Isaiah 14 and 26 this is a purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth and this is the hand of that is stretched out upon all nations for the Lord of hosts hath purposed it and who shall disannul it and his hand is stretched out, and who shall take it back? At the final analysis, we'll be able to discern between the wheat and the tares, the righteous and the unrighteous. And what we read there in the book of Malachi, when it says, then, verse 18 of chapter 3, Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Where do we stand in all this? Well, we see one thing. Nothing happens unless the Lord allows it to happen. He will bring every work to light, whether it be good or bad. Talking about when we appear before the judgment seat of Christ. What can we do? Repent and believe the gospel. We're told in Romans 11 and 32, For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. I mean, what can we say? What can we do? There's, there's not much that we can do. Believe. The Lord's true servants will be looking for the Lord's return. The tares and the briars will be gathered together and burned. This is the time of year, the holiday that just ended yesterday, we, or the day before yesterday, I'm talking about Halloween, where people pay homage to the devil. Are any looking for the Lord's return this time of year? Anyway, the true colors show themselves for what they are 
I guess the best place to draw this little lesson into conclusion is the book of Revelation, the 20th chapter, where it tells us, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Did the Lord know whose name was in there? Was he looking to see whose name was in there? He was only verifying whose name he knew was in the book of life and whose name was not. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What do you do? Trust the Lord. I'm going to close with my favorite passage in Scripture. It's in John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Christ made it plain in verse 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You come to him in faith. You repent and believe. Trust him. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. Not everybody does. The Orthodox Jew as good as they may be. No man comes to the Father but by the Son. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. In the final analysis, when the true colors are shown, we'll see who is the Lord, who serves him and who serves him not. Anyway, that's all I have.